All right. It's me and you once again. Back at it again with your two-man podcast. That I think people are slowly growing to hate because when we get emails, very often mentions how they like all of us present. And oh, oh boy, I don't know how to tell you, kids. Well, uh, believe me, I agree with them. I, I think they are... They are much more fun, but the show must go on. And so here we are with another two-person podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to just kick it off with the summer. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right. Full disclosure, kids. I watched these episodes a few weeks ago and put off writing the summary until right now. So naturally, I don't remember much, but I'll try my best. We began clearing the competition over in C-Block where we encounter one of the grossest devil fruits in the series, a Ludicolo prototype. And some other cool fighters, but none of that matters since it's Luffy and Don Chin Zhao in the final two. Law is currently having a really bad time and Nami refuses to answer his calls. Couldn't be me. Last few things I remember are the Shaw Hats just running around on their converging fetch quests. Devin got a call of it from two weeks ago and naturally is not here to, you know, call it again. Uh, the Marines are as clueless as ever. And we got some insight into the talking toy phenomenon on the island. And uh, I think that's about it. So uh, how's everyone's Thanksgiving? And by everyone, I mean, I guess you and the... I don't know. Listeners, if you want to tell us how your Thanksgiving was, feel free to do that, too. It was nice. It was fun hanging out with family, even though the fall months are rife with birthdays. So we see Mm. each other like every other weekend anyway. But I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. If anything, just for the litany of food that gets cooked. Mm hmm. Not necessarily the Thanksgiving message. (laughs) Is the message? I'm in it for the food. Well, like the whole giving thanks for the important things in your life. Uh, Get that out of here. I just not. I'm just I'm here for food. Okay, I can respect that. But have you ever considered that Christmas is just Thanksgiving, but with gifts and therefore is superior? Well, yeah, but I don't. Giving gifts is a different kind of thing like there's gift giving is a whole like social interaction that food preparing doesn't have where there's value placed on objects and if one person gives you gifts that are worth more you there there's potential for you to feel bad about what you gave or feel like you need to match in order to feel you've properly reciprocated so there's more there's more social pressure in christmas I hear what you're Unless saying, you don't and care those like points me. are valid. Counter argument. If those feelings arise, you can just make yourself feel better by just eating dinner. Right. Which is why Thanksgiving is great. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all, you, you just skip the part where you have to have that inner conflict and you just go straight to the eating part. I think that the gift nobody giving cares if you slept. look like a fat fuck because everyone <laughs> looks like a fat fuck. I think the gift giving is just worth it, man. I think it, think it nudges it just to, you know, just a little bit in the lead. That's fair. I'm also like a notoriously awful person to shop for for Christmas because I just I I I buy the stuff that I want throughout the year. And so when Christmas time rolls around, I'm like, I, I don't know, socks. I usually run through socks by the end of the year. It's socks, socks, undies, pajama pants are usually an easy three, but they hate those because they ask for them every year. So they want something different every Listen, year. As I'm a like, guy who's been running through socks pretty often this past year, the, my recent jobs, uh, I, I don't know what happens to my that and my shoes. I just burn holes through my shoes and socks. Uh, well, shoes and socks. We both have very high intensity, like moving around active jobs that require us to be on our feet. So I completely understand what mm-hmm, happens. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm also a notoriously bad shopper. I am not like super duper creative when it comes to gift giving. It's like I have to know you like the back of my hand. And even then there's a possibility you already probably bought that thing for yourself, uh, which tends to happen. And at that point, I, I succumb to my worst version of myself and I just give people money or gift cards. And I don't I don't think that many people are actually upset about receiving those. But society has told me that that's like lazy gift giving. I should feel bad about it. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. I have I have little to no imagination in fun gifts and also tend to just resort to if you haven't told me like what you want for mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. gift, I, it's it's you're getting you're getting the, the, the lowest hanging fruit of gifts, <laughs> which is either a gift card and maybe I'll throw in some scratch offs for the gotcha aspect, you know. <laughs> Same, Put same. a little bit of excitement into it. So moving on, before we officially talk about the episodes, I want to go over some recent fan messages that are a little relevant. Um, We're going to do this at the, at the front of the show? Uh, they're better at the front, yes. Or at least these two things. Then there's actual fan mail at the end. We're, we're, we're getting okay. sandwiched in between messages. Don't worry. It's a good time. You're nice and cozy. It's I'll cold out it. there. Um, sure. First one's from Zach, who, uh, fun fact, has been in our Discord server all along, hiding in, in plain sight. Uh, yeah. But Zach wrote to us a couple weeks ago. Just heard the episode and the jukebox you guys did. Uh, good job with it. I'll be honest. I had more of an idea that you grab a group of characters and just see what they can agree upon. But you guys can do whatever you want. It's your podcast. Great job. I'm just glad it got used. And uh, thank you, Zach. Uh, we'll try it again your way next time. If I remember this somehow, we'll see what happens. Yeah. In like six months when he remembers it as he falls asleep one night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the other message that I am personally more invested in came from Kankles uh, also a couple weeks ago, oh. almost a, almost a full month ago. Um, he, I guess, listened to whatever episode came out the time where I guess we got introduced to the Funk Brothers and I had dismissed the notion that they were a reference to Terry Funk and Kankles corrected me. Or at least this is most funny. I don't know how much of this is hardcore fact, but. Anyway, Kinkle writes, it was totally a Terry Funk reference uh, as he and his brother Dory Funk, the Funk brothers, were huge in Japan. There are a bunch of wrestling references in the Coliseum, such as Jesus Burgess being a luchador, Jeet and Abdullah being references to Tiger Jeet Singh and Abdullah the Butcher in the hardcore wrestling scene. Uh, they were popular in the 80s and 90s. Also, Battle Royale may have been the first movie, but Battle Royales have been in wrestling since the 60s. The most famous one being the Royal Rumble, which started in the 80s. Um, and there's, you know, a bunch of other stuff you mentioned about, you know, clearly Oda is a huge wrestling fan, particularly of 80s hardcore, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I completely forgot that Terry Funk had a brother. Uh, so maybe... It's no, what, what do we have? We have Terry and Kelly or no? who, who are the Funk Brothers in the show? I don't remember. <laughs> One of them is definitely like Kelly. I feel I like that's true. I think that's right. I think you got it right. Terry and Kelly sounds right. I'll stick with it. Terry and Kelly. It may not actually be Terry, but screw it. The Funk Brothers are the Funk Brothers in both anime and real life. Funk is funk. Funk is funk. Speaking of funk, you want to uh -huh. talk about that devil fruit, bro? <laughs> um, do we have to? I feel like we got just I guess even we a little have bit. To. So the uh the younger one, which I believe Kelly is the boxer, mm -hmm. the the or no, sorry, he's the older one, but he's the smaller one. But don't say it to his face, otherwise mm -hmm. you'll have some problems. Mm -hmm. Kelly Funk has consumed the jacket jacket fruit and 
is a jacket human. So as far as we as far as we can tell, the extent of the power is he can turn himself into a jacket. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> so well, at its core, he turns himself into a jacket, and then whoever wears him adopts his personality. They don't get his physicality. In fact, it's the other way around. He. Uh, adopts the physicality of whoever or whatever puts on the jacket my understanding is basically the jacket jacket fruit gives you a really shitty way to possess people yes precisely that it's like possession but with consent or at least implied consent it's possession with extra steps Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's dumb and stupid and I, and but more it importantly, it's gross. I, it is, it is disturbing and it is uncomfortable. I, I, they make it as, I guess, as painless as possible, but there's still some weird, slippery sounds <laughs> that he makes when the younger, bigger brother puts on the jacket and like really stretches him over himself, by the way, because, because younger Funk, Terry, Terry Funk, as if that is his real name he's a he's a massive man and it's just kind of explained away that he has a re- he was born with a really strong body the other guy from the kano kingdom sh- he tries to hit him with an axe the axe snaps in half and it's it's no ordinary axe this axe has been reinforced with hockey so this guy's got a strong body and it's just kind of hand waved away as a thing he has. And then he puts on his brother's skin or more accurately puts on his brother. And now Kelly Funk has the physicality of his older, his younger brother and the knowledge, I guess, of how to punch really fast that he has. I don't know. So I think He's Kelly kind was of a boxer. Also, just fact Kelly's check myself, uh, little brother is called Bobby. So uh, Bobby. Bobby and Kelly. Bobby Bobby has the is the big one. Yes. Kelly and, is the amateur boxer. Yes. And Kelly's only worth is the fact that he is an amateur boxer. So when thing when the going gets rough, he makes his brother put on his skin and then fights people. What are you doing, stepbrother? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad joke, but I couldn't resist. No, it's it's great. I'm glad you did it. Um. So yeah, that happened. Glad it was mostly over and done with rather quickly. Uh, other oh, things. Oh yeah, happening. they dispose of him real quick. Yeah, I couldn't God be bless. happier. Doing doing God's work, honestly. Uh, other things happening in C Block. Uh, we got the name of that guy I tried referencing a couple weeks ago. Where, uh, so we, we meet, uh, Edeo, 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 I don't know how you pronounce his name. The Edeo, guy with the shoulder pads, or whatever it. you call them. Yeah. Um, that guy had a cool design and now he seems even cooler because he's got like explosive punches. I don't actually know the cause of such like powerful feet, but I'm, con- I am convinced that he is, he has the, the devil fruit from that guy in Baroque's work, the, the burger man. I don't, um, I don't know if it was called the bomb bomb fruit or not, but I think I vaguely remember that. Because I remember making like the SpongeBob pie pie mm-hmm, bomb mm-hmm, jokes mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I'm assuming that guy has his devil fruit. I can't prove that. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but uh, that's my headcanon for the moment. Because I don't understand how else you explain just literal bombs for punches. I just how fast he punches. I guess yeah. breaks the sound barrier and makes small explosion. I don't know. Maybe but physics. I like my headcanon better. So Edeo's Edeo, sure. Edeo's cool. I mean, but then he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He couldn't be able to eat the Maramara fruit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he hasn't thought that far. That's fair. And then other than him, he didn't really do much. And that, but he he looked cool, and that's all that matters. 
other guy that is kind of exists is uh this Ludicolo prototype looking dude. Uh Gene Ongo, I think was his real name. I forgot what they called him prior he was to his the reveal. Bandit thief yeah, or some the thief bandit guy. He like bounty hunter. Yeah, he was a bounty hunter who managed to round up most of the released prisoner or the escape prisoners from uh Impelled Down when Luffy broke out, which is kind of impressive. Except he probably got a bunch of small fries, so who cares? Um, yeah. I just could not get over his appearance. I just looked at that guy. I'm like, you're fucking Ludicolo, bro. It's, it's honestly <laughs> really funny. It's a it's a little it's a little funny because you can't see his mouth move at all because he's wearing that like mouth guard thing mm-hmm. for some reason, and then he has the sombrero, which you learn isn't act, isn't like really a hat. It's just a thing he puts around his head because the top of his head actually is cactus colored and then he just has that piece that he puts around it to make it look like a full sombrero he just has all brim no brero he is all brim he's he's yankee with only brim (laughs) i feel like that makes it worse but uh yeah he also just he's a vulture he just like ooh, a weapon that's for me and then he just instead of investing in bullets for some reason he just throws swords and other sharp weaponry and i don't know how to feel about that no this is good this is economical i guess so because he doesn't have to spend money he just pill if he can throw swords that good then there's no need for the bullets although it would be it'd also be really cool if he could like flick the bullets mm-hmm. too that would be that would be sick that that'd be really cool reduce reuse and recycle kits yeah but also another character that doesn't matter because you get down to the final two of uh lucy versus don chinjao and you know As expected i need to make this comment that I don't know if you'll remember or understand because it's been quite a long time since you played the one and only Monster Hunter game you played. But Don Chinjao uh-huh. fights like Rajang from Monster Hunter. He just goes full oh. monkey mode, <laughs> takes his arms and sweeps the ground. There might have been a hyper beam. I don't remember. But it, like I just remember seeing it so vividly. And I was like, you're a fucking Rajang. You, you <laughs> tiger monkey beating my ass motherfucker is Rajang only in world or no, is he but Rajang in some, uh, is a like prior. stable he's a well monster known hunter. Monster he's hunter. in everything Got it. which I, one do you think came first then I don't I don't know how far back monster hunter goes mm, mm, well, monster hunter is definitely video who drew game. inspiration from who uh, I've got to go one piece here it might be close but I'm thinking yeah cause like Monster Hunter probably wouldn't have come out until like the 2000s on like a PlayStation 1 or something. I I can't think of like any older consoles that could maybe run a game like that. I hate that. I hate that I Googled Monster Hunter and the fucking movie came up first. That is terrible. It was like the the first three or four results. That is like the first three or four results. So I don't know. I don't know when if Rajang was a feature of the very first one, but if we assume that it was the first Monster Hunter released in 2004, 2004 sounds about right. At which point, if even if he was in, if he was within the first like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like 10, like he's still that still predates 2000, the year 2010. Oh, then there are various, first, I think. yeah. There are various monster hunters in between. Some of these don't even look like real monster hunter. Like they look like cutesy games. But either way, <laughs> there are a lot of like spinoff monster hunter games. And if he's in any of the first like ten, then he probably came first. I'm gonna take those odds. I'm thinking Rajan came first. But yeah, I just, so you I think just Oda was a big monster hunter guy then? Probably. It's the only explanation. That seems likely. Their, their fighting it's a big, styles it's a big game over are. There. <sighs> 
uncannily similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that's fair. I would have never made that connection because I it's been a long time since I played World. And listen, World when you get your ass beat by that monkey one too many times, it sticks with you, man. <laughs> Fucking thing sweeps the floor, picks you up, throws that. you down, hyper beams you in your now pre- pre- prepared grave site. It is. It is. I don't want to talk about it no more. That's yeah. We can move on before we have to start turning this into a therapy session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to move us along to? Anything stick out for you in block C, C block, whatever? I, I I did kind of enjoy the brief scene that we got of the I I don't know the the other Kano guy just handily defeating the Funk Brothers. Mm-hmm. That scene was pretty hot. The guy who uh, Sai uses the eight. What did I write? I know I wrote down somewhere the well, eight. They all, they all use the eight impact fist or yes. whatever that martial art is called. All, all of them from the Kano Kingdom use it. But the one who not the one one of them got knocked out, and the other is Don Chin Zhao. So the third one, <laughs> yes, and Sai. The the scene of Sai dealing with the Funk Brothers, I thought was hot. Because he, you know, he backs up and the funk Kelly Funk does his but uh low budget gum gum gatling <laughs> and Sai just steps on his fists as he's throwing the punches, jumps up and just kicks the ever loving fuck out of him. And we're just kind of again hand wavy explained away that the eight impact fist has different ways of affecting a, a, an impact that is made using the martial art and so he just one kicks the funk brothers and it looks so sick because they slow-mo it and everything of him tap tap lightly dancing on all of his his fists mm-hmm. as the punches are thrown and just kicks the shit out of him if i remember correctly i, I think uh a distinction made with the eight impact fist was about how it's able to do damage like internally, um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, because they talk about how shields and armor are worthless mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. the like the reverberation or the vibration, whatever you want to call it, will move through you and your body and still do damage and such. It's like when you Doesn't get punched to by a, it's like when you get punched by that one really big dude in high school who's just really heavy handed. He just gives you a light jab on the arm. And you're like, <laughs> oh, hey, ow. Ow, why, yeah. why is it going through me? I feel it in my chest. I feel the tingles in my other arm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wish, I kind of wish we had seen an, a more in-depth fight between him and, and Ideo. Mm-hmm. If anything, just to kind of showcase either of them a little more. I guess not that it matters at the end of the day, because the likelihood we see these characters again outside of this are probably low but it might have been fun just as like a one-off fight to demonstrate more martial arts or more powers in this universe mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe i wouldn't have enjoyed it as much but i i enjoyed that one scene between him and the funk brothers that was that was kind of sick nice um i don't think a whole lot else happened in that block i remember i don't remember what uh gene ongo did i just remember he pissed off don chinjao or something and he just had a oh fuck face so that with that for about two episodes the bandit guy what do you call him gene yeah i think it's like gene ongo is his name uh gene has stole stolen luffy's helmet because it had fallen off at some Mm -hmm, point mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and luffy is trying desperately to get it back because he doesn't want to expose his identity oh i'll get to that so he's running around picking up stuff still and Luffy's chasing after him and can't catch up to him for some reason 
And finally, it ends with Gene having picked up like every piece of weapon and armor on the field, basically. Mm-hmm. And he starts throwing it. And, and all the meantime, Don Chin Zhao has been trying to make his way to Luffy to actually fight his nemesis mm-hmm. or self-proclaimed nemesis. So Gene gets to a point where he's collected all these things and now he's finally ready to assault Luffy with all of it. And he's very confident that he can hit Luffy with his throwing sniping powers. Mm -hmm. And Luffy's just dancing in between, having a good time. Like he starts thinking about Jimbei and and Ivankov because Gene brings them up as part of his minor backstory of like, oh, yeah, I got rich. I got filthy, stinking fucking rich off those prisoners you let go. But now I'm coming for you and all the other big names. I'm talking Crocodile. I'm talking the the queen of the queers, Ivankov. I'm talking Buggy D Clown. And he, was he starts listing all of them. And, and he, he was really <laughs> in over his head. And all the while, Luffy's dancing in between these swords going, hmm, I wonder, you know, that's a good point. I wonder how Jinbei and Ivankov are doing. I haven't seen them in a minute. And the whole time, Gene's getting super frustrated. He finally throws the last of it, the last of his weapons. And Don Xinjiao's behind Luffy with a couple swords stuck in his belly, real upset about it. And he fucking lays out gene and then gene is no more mm-hmm. his worth to the story has been <laughs> used up it was in this moment he realized he fucked up he had super fucked up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we finally get the point where we're left with don chin Zhao and luffy more or less because they're 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 staring down those other sai and ideo are off having their own duel which is another hilarious thing because they're having their own duel, not minding their surroundings. <laughs> and Don Chin Zhao and Luffy are, ch- are charging at each other, and they get in between Luffy and Don Chin Zhao, and each one of them just brush one aside. Luffy Luffy hit, hits the Kano guy aside, mm-hmm. aside and Don Chin Zhao blows ideo away and so they're not a problem anymore their their battle is resolved we don't have to worry about who's stronger there because ideo also makes the outrageous claim that sai is the strongest one in the ring at the time Mm -hmm. when don chin was literally right there (laughs) so i don't that was that was crazy to me but okay fine he's fighting someone his own size i guess is maybe what he was really going for he he's a big uh organized fighting guy because he's won these championships mm-hmm. so i can only assume he's he's been in more regulated settings so maybe he was just trying to he was punching up into his own weight class and not considering that there were stronger people outside of his weight class maybe but either way, they get blown away and we get this display of conquerors hockey going against each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was pretty cool looking, if I do say so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was indeed pretty cool. The, these moments are few and far between, but they are always significant and they're always cool. Yeah. yeah. So I just it also <laughs> just another like, how do these people not realize Lucy isn't just some guy? Uh, yes, moment thanks for reminding me. Because of the use of Conqueror's hockey and also gum gum fruit a little bit more later. Mm-hmm. Also, just like I can understand if you're in the nosebleeds. Were you going to tell me there's like not a mic somewhere in the arena to like pick up anything these people are saying? Like even the announcer, like you didn't hear anything, bro. Like how, how, how has he gone away with this for so long? I, it's, I don't even care that there, there doesn't really have to be a mic. 
Don Chinjow screams at the top of his lung, Garf's grandson, get the fuck over here, straw hat Luffy, I'm going to kill you. And and also Gene, when he's picking up all the weapons and stuff, he's like, you'll never, you'll never take me alive, straw hat Luffy, I'm coming for your head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're screaming it. They're not just <laughs> saying it to them like man to man from 10 feet away. They're screaming it at the top of their lungs. People in the front row should at the very minimum be able to hear these people and be like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Straw movie? The straw? I don't know. Criminal. It's, it's, it's absurd, but whatever. Who cares? And that's uh, basically it for C Block. I guess we'll get our conclusion sometime next week, uh, presumably. Uh, moving on. I guess we just go over to Green Bit. Uh Law scenario, he's having a really bad time. Uh, Super bad it. time. Insanely bad time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's doing great, he's I think. Two, well, I don't know about this great <laughs> stuff, but he's alive, which is about all he can ask for right now mm-hmm. because he's got these two OP motherfuckers chasing him down and still not even like seemingly not even really trying to catch him just yet. They're kind of, it kind of, especially Doflamingo feels like he's just playing with his food at the mm-hmm. moment. I don't know how hard. Uh, God. E. What was the, what oh, was uh, was the, was the is his real name? name. Fujitora is his epithet. Fujitora. I was trying, I almost mixed them. I almost went Ishitora. And I was like, that's not right. <laughs> it's pretty good. Fujitora. I, it does sound pretty good, right? Uh, Oh, to call me if you need any more names. <laughs> I don't know exactly how hard he was working, but he just kept calling down meteors <laughs> because apparently this this planet just has a ring of meteors or asteroids. That man has like GPS trackers on them. He knows exactly where they are at all times. At all times. It's like it's like the Marines put a stash of them up in space intentionally. Mm-hmm. They had Garp launch a bunch of rocks <laughs> into orbit so that Fujitora w- would have just a supply of them to call down from orbit, just orbital strike inbound and on his position at, at any given moment. It's hilarious. Now, before it was cool. Now I think it's hilarious <laughs> that he could, that he just, he goes swing, swing and, and whatever that motion he does with his sword, those two cuts into the air, allow him to channel his power straight up and call down a, a, just a fucking hunk of space rock and attack whatever is there. Like, it's still it's still cool. But now it's now it's just got this funny factor that he just he just walks around slowly and menacingly, too. I love this part, too, where he's just. He just slowly walks because he's like almost playing the old man character ish. Mm -hmm. But but then he just fucking teleports somewhere like when law is behind a rocker or a vine in green bit and Doflamingo pops up above him and then the camera zooms out. And Fujitora is on a vine further in where towards the direction Law was running towards. And he's just chilling like he's sitting there like he was there the entire time. He was that, like, what took you so long? Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah wh- where you been? Slowpoke. <laughs> and then and then they had the cool part where he was floating on a slab of plant and there was a bunch of stuff like floating around him and he just like cuts one and sends it then sends it all raining down fujitora is sick dude i mm-hmm, love fujitora mm-hmm. glad you're I'm glad you're loving the new admiral he is a wonderful character thus far um i had some random stupid thought and i think i lost it in in your excitement um maybe it'll come back to me but other question i was gonna ask is we got a very very small glimpse of uh doflamingo's power set 
where he, uh, this was only used in the anime. I don't think it was ever shown this early in the manga, but he uses something called bullet string, which he just, he just shoots a, a string and it, and it cuts stuff, I guess. Any thoughts? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's dope. It's like the fishman's water bullet power mm-hmm. or feature of their martial arts where they could take a water drop and fling it and it's, it pierces and flies as fast as a bullet. It's as, it's the same principle. It's just, it's nothing new, but I it's a it's a kind of power that I do enjoy seeing, and I think it kind of makes sense with Doflamingos as well. I, you could probably with any of these sorts of devil fruits. It, I don't think it's hard to kind of manipulate this sort of thing. Any elemental one is obviously an easy one to be able to do this sort of bullet move with, but. To apply it to what is presumably Doflamingo's puppet puppet fruit and having it just be like a ball, like you ball up a, some, some string and you can fling it real quick. Like, I'm fine with this. I don't, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Also, just remember the, th- the, the dumb idea I was having earlier. So I don't know the effective range of Fushitora's gravity power. I don't know if he's like super skillful with it or he just kind of like the, the gravity thing goes in a straight line almost endlessly. But you know, what I was thinking while you were talking, I was thinking, uh-huh. What if, mostly unintentionally, Fujitora just like, you know, waved his sword around and, he, and he, his gravity went up into outer space and he pulled down Eneru from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Why stop at Eneru? Pull down the whole moon. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. I'm try- I still want a series to watch, all right? Can't just go <laughs> destroy the dinosaurs and, the and everyone else. That's that's the true planetary, uh, planetary devastation. Maduro was holding back. Yeah, like, what if... What if Eneru and some of his toys, toy friends were, that's what they were, right? They were like toys up there. Uh, they were like you know, mechs or like machina, like robot beings. I don't know if I call them toys necessarily. All right. So whatever, whatever animated objects they were, they were just chilling on a particularly big one that they had discovered. Maybe like mm-hmm. they had, they still have Eneru's ship that he can fly around and they're just casually exploring different hunks of rock. And they're oh. just on one that Fujitora pulls <laughs> down one day. They're like, oh, what's this weird cluster of rocks right above the Grand Line? It's kind of strange, don't you think? Like, I wonder what could have happened to have caused. Oh, shit. Where are we going? And then they just get pulled down. <laughs> extreme you get, skydiving. We get another perfect Eneru face. Yeah, extreme <laughs> skydiving. <laughs> Unintentional skydiving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's great. Good times. That'd be great. Times. I'd love to see that. That'd be a great re-entry for uh, for Anaru <laughs> and company. You know, I'm I'm really glad you appreciate this idea. I thought I thought it would be shot down, surely. No, I love it. I'll take Anaru <laughs> back in the series. Pog champ. Uh, back on Green Bit but Underground. Uh, we're keeping up with it's uh, Usopp, Robin, and the Tontadas, the the little fairy people or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, Devin has a call that because uh, I listened to this episode recently since it came out on Thanksgiving. Uh, Devin randomly. With no actual intent or conviction, just waved his hand and said, you know, I bet this is all the ruse. The factory's not on green, but it's probably somewhere stupid, like under the Coliseum. And I'm like, there's no fucking way he just called this in like the most like half-assed way possible. But the boy did it. Oh, you you mean like where the location of the smiles factory mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. right right yeah i do remember having that conversation now because you said devin's called it earlier and i was like what is he what is he talking about i don't 
I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. Yes, yes, it has. I, I probably wouldn't have even remembered it if it was last week, but <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded that those sets of episodes. But yeah, I do remember that conversation now where I believed that it could still just be on green bit. But Devin was like, yeah, it's too easy. It's got to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And boy is right. Makes sense. And we've learned it's not under the Coliseum but instead is within or underneath a place called the Toy Factory, right? I, my understanding, I, I, uh, the factory, the Toy Factory is the Smile Factory, unless I'm crisscrossing wires. That was my understanding. Well, does, isn't it like a front? I thought like the, like the, like you could get to it on the main street of, you know, the town or whatever. And like the top side was going to be like an actual toy shop or something. And then underneath it was going to be the smile factory. All I know is that the Tontada said the factory was underneath the Coliseum. That is Devin's called it. That's what I'm going with. I thought it was, hmm, maybe I'm misremembering it now then. I don't remember it being under the Coliseum. I remember it. I, I thought it was like a, I don't know. I remembered it as being a thing that you could go to, but underneath it, it had like a dark underbelly where all the Tontadas and the smiles were made. That could be true. But all I know is Tontada-kun said it's under Coliseum. Okay. In this episode? Yes. Oh, I don't remember that. It'd be like that. Also, there, uh, so, so as I mentioned in the summary, uh, all of these fetch quests that people have been running on the side are starting to converge. Um, so the Tontadas have a reason to go to the factory because uh, their own people are being uh, enslaved there or whatever. Also, their queen is being held captive there and they want to save her because, or princess, queen, both, whatever. I think it was a princess. Uh, The princess is being captured there and they want to save her because, you know, royal duty, but also they just say (laughs) she's an awful person. I I think it was Usopp who was like, why do you want to save her so bad? Yeah. That one little guy with the sewing powers, like, yeah, she's like loud, obnoxious, weird, and a couple of other negative descriptors. And then Usopp's like, well, I mean, she seems like a bad person. What the fuck are you doing? She's like, well, she's still our princess, so we should probably go get her. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Christian, are yeah, you ready? Probably not. For the god Usopp arc to begin. I mean, it's already begun. We're here, but like... <laughs> Uh, in that case, I'm definitely not ready. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, I don't know what you're on about. Bro, God Usopp is on his way. He'll be here by Christmas, surely. Yeah, in like three years, maybe. <laughs> when the series ends. <laughs> that's, that's a very generous timeline for you. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be giving yeah, it a minimum years. five. Yeah, five Christmases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Five Christmas I. I'm telling you, man, God Usopp's on his way. He's, he's making a list. Right. He's checking it twice. Is it? This is just the beginning part, the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. This is where it all begins. The beginning of the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know the end. It's the beginning of God Usopp. God right, Usopp. the beginning of the end of the God Usopp arc, because the end of the God Usopp arc is God Usopp. Well, I mean, like, I wouldn't call it the end. It's more like, it's the beginning of a saga, really. It's, it's like the, the uh, what do you call it? The What comes first, the epilogue or the prologue? Epilogue? Pro. Prologue. So the prologue to the God Usopp saga. All right. This is his origin story. Right. And eventually we will witness the ascension of God Usopp. And from that point on, we will bask in his glory. So I hope you're ready, Christian. I'm certainly not. <laughs> we'll I, I am not seeing the vision just yet. Uh, who else is converging? I know uh, Sanji and Kinemon managed to group up together somehow. I don't remember how that happened, but they were also outside the Coliseum watching the fight. That was the last set of episodes. I'm pulling at straws here trying to piece it all together Kinemon and Sanji are outside they're also making their way to 
I don't think they're going to the factory. They're going to the flower fields, I think, uh, which is also where Zoro is desperately trying to get to for the past like two to three weeks. Uh, I think they were trying initially to get to the Coliseum because Sanji wanted to consult Luffy and bring Luffy along. But then they get there and there's a shit ton of Marines outdoors waiting for people to come out of the Coliseum so they can arrest them. Except no one's come out yet. Surprisingly, it's been like hours since like a block and yeah. block and shit. So I guess they're just like, I guess they're just killing all of them. <laughs> just falling I, I was going to ask what your thoughts on like, surely like, I mean, one could maybe speculate that like, oh, you know, they want to stick around to watch the whole event. But like, bro, not even one person's walked out yet. Kind of suspicioso. Well, allegedly some of them are dead because they got, they got put in the water with the <laughs> fighting fish. That's fair. But anyone who survived was being dealt with in the medical bay. Also true. So I don't Maybe this is just like a weird fake out where like really nothing is wrong. They're just in the medical bay and the Marines for some reason didn't think that the Coliseum would take care of the injured people. A fair they assessment, just, they, honestly. They just exp- I get, yeah, I suppose. But the, the Coliseum has been around for 10 years. I don't know if maybe this is the first year they've implemented <laughs> a medical, medical insurance. Yeah, but if this has been a... If this has been a thing at any point in the past, then they should have done their due diligence and researched the fact that <laughs> there's, they have a med team and they're going to get taken care of. I think that would be funny if the Marines are just sitting there because they didn't know. They just expected a bunch of injured fighters to, to hobble out and they were going to very easily uh, arrest them. And they just didn't know that they're being taken care of in the basement or something i love this actually i was i was thinking maybe we'd have like some way darker uh, anything no this is this is way better we're like we're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna be coming hobbling out with bullet holes and stuff we're gonna get them right boys and and then they're like wait why is that guy okay yeah. what happened why is he in perfect condition who did this yeah and then they're gonna walk out and they're gonna have bandages and stuff and they're like wait a minute do they care <laughs> <laughs> Little do they know the gladiators unionized and got health insurance. (laughs) (laughs) They all pooled their money together and paid for a medical team for the first time in 10 years or whatever. Immaculate. True class solidarity. Been great. That'd be Um, funny. What else is happening? Um, So the slightly. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you're you go, you go, you go. Uh, I was just trying to piece together who else is anywhere. We know where the Sanji right. Kinemon, we know where Zoro is, lost as always. Uh, Frankie and Lightning Soldier are on their way to, I want to say, the flower field, which I think they're sharing with Sanji. There, there's some communication. I'll figure it out. Um, before we get to the Lightning Soldier and Frankie stuff, that's really important. Uh, briefly touching back on the Sunny with Nami and Co. fighting uh, Giola with her devil fruit. It was called the Art Art Fruit, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, how, do, how does that make you feel? Because I remember you were cooking a couple weeks ago with a pretty cool uh devil fruit theory over there i i don't even remember what it, what i cooked <laughs> I, I, you were talking I about the acid acid fruit or something like that oh that sounds right yeah or i think i called it even less basic and maybe was like i, I don't even know paint paint <laughs> fruit or, or image image i don't think i called it art explicitly i don't think i ever did that my brain just remembers the was... acid acid fruit if there's been developments afterward i am unaware yeah that's how that sounds right but I, which would explain the art references that they get turned into, mm-hmm. of course. But Minecraft Chopper still disturbs me. Minecraft Chopper. He looks like a I Minecraft love cutesy, character. Bro. I love cutesy Scream Brook. Yeah. Cutesy Scream Brook is, is a mood. Mm-hmm. 
times. I yeah, I don't really, I don't care. <laughs> it's, I, this this chick has yet to show me anything I really care about. She just turns things into painting looking things. I'm waiting to see where the strength of in her lies that she's a high ranking member of the Don Quixote family. Mm-hmm. So as of this moment, I don't really care. I don't care for the prospects of her power. I don't care about the way she's used it. She's annoying. At I don't the, like her. At the current moment in time, she has somehow managed to make herself look weaker than Khalifa, which like maybe I shouldn't say with such audacity in my tone, but like while Khalifa's power was sh- good enough and it's in many ways you know it wasn't you know completely useless it's pretty low tier in comparison to all its other devil fruit brethren right uh right but at least that could like literally wash away your stats and be a silly little hazard what's art gonna do bro well as of right now they have yet to even try fighting but brooke and chopper are just kind of operating under the assumption that they can't use their powers right now interesting even though they haven't tried they're just they just keep saying over and over again, oh, I don't know if I can fight in this form. What? But they haven't tried. They ju- they've just run away, which I think which is also like <laughs> I, I railed on them last week for immediately abandoning ship. But then Nami comes out and is like, yeah, it was a plan all along. And I'm like, it wasn't a plan all along. <laughs> but I digress. The art art fruit means little to me right now, especially if the two discover that they can use their own devil fruit powers while in this mode, it it, it would serve no purpose otherwise. The RR fruit has potentially at that point less use than even the jacket jacket fruit. Damn, that's, that's crazy, bro. Because why the fuck do I care mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what 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 it looks like or what I look like if I can still use all my power sets? Mm-hmm, if it's nerfing the power sets, then okay, fine. It's just it's also Khalifa's power, but different. It's 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 copy my homework, but change it a little <laughs> so the teacher doesn't recognize it. You know, it's different flavors. I think they did a pretty good job on the plagiarism part, personally. Which is crazy because it's the art art fruit. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of all art is, right? Some would argue that all the artists going to kill me. <laughs> our, our actual artists going to be in our DMs. Panda's going to come back and say. Yeah. Remember when I said, don't you as ever well, say that to me as long, as long as, as yeah, as, as long as I don't say those that, words you shouldn't say right now. Yeah. The, well, as long as I don't say they get paid with the E word, then I'm good. <laughs> the, the shredded E word. Yeah. Things you can't say on podcasts. <laughs> Things you can't say on podcasts with Panda mm-hmm. or any artist, I guess. Uh, I yeah. had one other thing I wanted to bring up, but I forget what it was and maybe I'll remember it later, but go on. The uh, only thing really left to talk about is Lightning Soldier's little conversation with Frankie about uh, house rules and also potential explanation and my potential, I mean, actual explanation of how we got these toys on the island. So right. Lightning Soldier talks to Frankie because Frankie's just like, bro, how did we get here? This island's crazy. You know, him and Devin are sharing a brain cell at that particular moment in time. And so Lightning Soldier informs Frankie of these uh two rules uh one there's a strict curfew uh everyone goes back to their homes at midnight no ifs no ands no buts and humans and toys have to live in separate houses and they can never walk into each other's houses uh which i thought was a little weird because i was like okay you can't live in the same home but you're also perfectly able to like interact with each other in the streets it, i don't know that feels and like a weird like these relationships as well yeah it's really weird seemingly have these relationships really weird line in the sand to draw um but then we get a scene of some toy uh, approaching, I think, a woman and who I don't know if she had a kid, but she was definitely with like a, a husband or whatever. And he's like, hey, hey, like, you're my wife. Why don't you remember me? And, and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, they 
kick the toy to the side and like, oh, he's gone crazy. He's got the disease. And then police take he's the got toy. He's human disorder. Yeah, yeah, it's human disorder. And the, some police show up, take the toy and like just throw him in a hole. I, I don't know where that yep. hole goes to, but. A hole labeled scrap. Yeah. I hope that guy's okay. He's not. Probably not. Um, He's definitely not. <laughs> and so the, it's explained that every toy on the island was once a human who was transformed by some devil fruit power. Uh, humans have no memory of the toy's human existence. So what are your thoughts? Oh, was that it? Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were going to like continue <laughs> no, that's, that's all we expanding got. on the topic for a second. <laughs> no, no, well, that's all we got. Yeah, so it is given to us via via this other toy that the toy soldier calls over. He just like walks over to a group of a woman, her child and this toy. And uh, whatever he says to them, he borrows him and convinces him to drop his character mm -hmm. and explain what's going on to Frankie and who did the, so the soldier just has to be like, he's also a toy. It's okay. You can talk about it. But at which point I, I would, I would still be sus if I was that slinky guy, because if you're if you're a toy, then you should already kind of know what's going on with this. But either way, it serves as the plot device where so the toy drops his persona of his happy go lucky nature and gets real serious, turns around and goes, I am that woman's husband and the father of that child. And then soldier goes, okay, great. Frankie, wait here one second. And he goes over to that family and asks, mm -hmm. yo, yo kid, you ever had a dad? And the kid goes, nope. And to the wife, you ever had a husband? And she goes, no, of course not. And he goes, great, thanks. And then walks away. <laughs> so for some reason, I don't know if it's the same devil fruit or not. So the the people are getting turned into toys mm -hmm. or in some way their souls are being put in the bodies of toys a la the same way, kind of the same way Moria was stitching people's souls into zombies. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, whether it's the same devil fruit or not, we don't know. The memories of the people who were important to that person or maybe even everybody are gone mm -hmm. so via either via the same devil fruit or not we don't know yet but somehow the people's memories of the person who is now a toy are gone mm -hmm. so not only does this have weird implications for all the toys that we've seen so far but this offers some sort of hint towards what we were confused about with the gladiator guy kiro kiros the, the guy in the statue. Well, I think that was his name, right? The statue yes. gladiator. Yeah, I think it's Kiros. So this offers up the explanation somewhat of why nobody remembers Kiros. Mm -hmm. Like the statue is there, but nobody actually remembers seeing the fighter because whatever devil fruit is at work here or whatever power is at work here. Maybe it's not even a devil fruit. It could just be Django with hip, his hypnosis doing mass hypnosis on, some, well, on people. Who knows? We know that the being turned into toys part is a devil fruit. Uh, you're right. questioning whether or not everything that's happened the, is under the roof of one devil fruit or spread across more than correct. one. Correct. We're still not entirely. I, we cannot say for certain if the memories being wiped is also an act of the same devil fruit mm -hmm. or not. Acting under the assumption that it's not, it's a se it's a separate devil fruit or a separate power. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a devil fruit, I guess. Guess. Mm -hmm. 
That's just the most likely candidate. Okay, hold on. The I know explanation Django, is there for I, Kiros. I know Django is like a Marine now, right? Yeah, he's... Right. Bro, what if like years ago, before I became a Marine, Doflamingo hired Django to pull off like a really big job? And he was like, bro, I need you to hypnotize the entire island. I mean, yeah, it would be possible for just the Kiros thing, but it wouldn't explain why currently new toys are made and mm. don't have... And then other people's memories are erased. Right, fair, Unless... Django was still doing it under, under the table, mm-hmm. you know, like he still has a bit of that dog in him, you know, like he's a he's a Marine, but he still sells his services on the black market. You know what I mean? Like now we're back. It could be the case. I'm committed. Do I think it's the case? Probably not. But I'll double down on it and say that, <laughs> that Django Django is secretly working with Doflamingo while simping for the pink haired Marine lady. At Django same time has been a, Don, a Don Quixote family member the entire time. All I'm saying is pink is a very common theme with Django. Mm-hmm, also, if we so, had, um, I'm not putting it past him. If Vergo was an, imp- was implanted into the Marines purposefully to like, you know, keep tracks and tabs for, for Doflamingo. Who's to say Django also wasn't implanted there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's true. Plot Dickens. Django was an Avocado agent the entire time. So yeah, that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing deeper explanation on that front. Not necessarily. I think I'm. I think I'm more invested in this like like heroes thing. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, I didn't think I would be, but offering up this explanation of like mass forgetfulness. For the Kiros thing is kind of something that I guess I expected because otherwise I, we, we've harped on this when the Kiros thing was originally because uh, otherwise it doesn't make any sense how mm-hmm. just everybody would forget in 20 years. So there had to be something like this. So it was expected. But now I just want to know how like I want to know how or what the motivation is for erasing this gladiator that was so well loved from the minds of people. I imagine it's probably because in, in some extent he started opposing the Don Quixote family. Mm-hmm. The other facet is now did he because and this again is pivotal on whether or not the toy making fruit is also erasing people's memories, which mm-hmm. I, I I find is probably not the case. I feel like that would be that would be crazy if like crazy overpowered that is mm-hmm. if the fruit that could also turn you into a toy permanently or maybe it's not permanently, maybe maybe something about like keeping the toys separate like they have to redo the magic every now and then either way the devil fruit that turns people into toys also erases other people's memories i find hard to believe i I think it has to be two separate people slash powers so there the the crux is now there was that one guy there was that one gladiator in the other block who was just a random masked gladiator who was kicking the shit out of everybody yeah ricky and i ricky and i want to say it was devin i'm pretty sure it was devin devin proposed the idea that that was kiros so that would hinge on the idea that toy fruit forgetful fruit not the same people mm-hmm. person not not with contained within the same fruit so I'm leaning on that. I'm leaning towards that because it also helps my theory that Kiros is like Rebecca's grandfather or something. And she just doesn't remember mm-hmm. now because she had her mind erased. But for some reason, Kiros was left alive or maybe they presumed he got turned into a toy, but didn't somehow or maybe was untoyed somehow. Mm-hmm. But either way, I'm a little more invested in general in this story of Kiros now. That I am just in general with like, why are they even making all these people toys in the first place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ignoring Devin's theory over there, uh, would you, I don't know if you're on board with his theory or not, but 
Would you have believed that Kiros is alive and just in toy form somewhere? I mean, I could buy into it also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it probably it could pro- it could be the case. Shit, the to- the toy soldier could even be the- could be her grandfather. For all I know, she, we, it's already been shown that the toy soldier has been a part of Rebecca's life since she was a small child. So he could have, and I don't I don't know how old she is. She's probably, I'm, hopefully, she's in her twenties, but she's probably like eighteen. So it could stand to reason that the toy soldier is her grandfather because she's known the toy soldier her entire life, and he, she could he could have been turned into. A toy soldier, you know, just before she was born or just after, who knows. But 20 years is easily enough to contain her entire life or at least enough of her life like that her first memories would be with the toy soldier. So I would believe that. Okay. Final follow-up question or final quote. Yeah. Let's presume that this devil fruit does both powers, makes you a toy and also erases people's memories of you. Let's, pre- let's assume that. For this uh, question. Okay. Could you believe that this is uh, Doflamingo's power? No, no. This is definitely somebody within the family. Okay. Because they also do the outline. They do one of those like blacked out outlines of people when they talk about how it's a devil Ah, fruit that turns people into toys. And it's very clearly not Doflamingo. Okay. That's it. And they would have no reason to hide it if it was. Ah. Yeah, I don't know about that, but fair point. Different silhouette, presumably a different person. No more questions, Your Honor. I see. I I can see the rest of my time. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to talk about before we move on toward the end? Um, I just I I don't think so. Really, there's not much else. I guess there, there's a lot of focus on just the Block C fight, and then Lucy and Don Chinjao towards the last episode. Mm-hmm. Fucking Don Chinjao holding a grudge for 30 years, bro. Get over it. You know, I, I think I read this in a wiki because I was trying to catch up and refresh my memory. Apparently, that dent in his head is also causing some type of memory loss because he doesn't know what Garb did to him. He just knows that Garb did it. Yeah. I So I had that I had that same sort of question myself because several times he is asking Luffy, what did Garb do to me? <laughs> Or something along those lines, like Garp took my power. How did that happen? Mm -hmm. And at first it's like he's trying to get Luffy to say it out loud as confirmation that Luffy knows it. That's what we thought. But then he asks it several times and I had the thought, I was like, does he actually not know like what (laughs) Garp did? And then he has that moment where they call him. Apparently he was called Don Chinjao the drill at some point. Mm -hmm. And his head very cone shaped or drill shaped in <laughs> fact so he frequently says how garb took away his power and if he was a drill guy we've already seen him throw himself at people and do spin moves and stuff mm-hmm. so the power that garb took away from him was just a karate chop to his head <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that he was so that his head didn't come to a point anymore <laughs> and it all it also just happened to give him brain damage as well <laughs> i mean so, honestly despite this is one totally believable and understandable that he would have some type of brain damage the fact that this is Seemingly the only extent of it is what's really impressive. Yeah, I just I was I had to sit there and like giggle to myself, (laughs) too, after I started putting these pieces together because it was just so it was it was just funny. I was just sitting there, was sitting there giggling to myself because I was I couldn't. I couldn't believe that that Don Chinjao's gamer dent was giving him like 
giving him actual memory loss. And I call I, even better is I called him Iron Giant too, like one of the first times we saw him, which is the same application. He just has memory loss. It's hilarious. Great. Uh, remember, kids, uh, remember to take your headsets off when gaming periodically. You don't want to suffer memory loss, too. <laughs> you know it, it makes you think but about yeah. like what don chinjao's original like head structure looked like you know we, we assume he's got a pointed head previously and he like you know probably like gnome shaped right is that like yeah very like is his skull like soft then or like is it literally just like dust in there i think i think his skull had to be triangle shaped right yeah but now and he's got a triangle shaped brain action ah, i was a dent in both i mean you could have like a quote-unquote small brain in comparison to your skull size and then like it's like okay you have like you know average human proportions for brain and, and cerebral spinal fluid and all that blah 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 like like the, the 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 cavity of your skull that holds your brain that's all like normal or whatever but then you just have a lot of bone density going <laughs> straight to the moon man <laughs> yeah yeah uh man. which would hurt way more too if it was karate chopped mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's just all crunching down that's not thinking i was like was it like is it just dust is he now like he says a perma soft spot or like does it regrow and i was just like perma dented no, i it I definitely doesn't regrow he's had this grudge for 30 years he's been like that for 30 years or so so you think he just has like a permanent soft spot like there's no skull there in it anymore probably yeah all right shit it's crazy no brain there either i <laughs> <laughs> got karate chopped out too yeah that broke that part his brain is fucking i don't i don't know what center of the brain has <laughs> has has those memories for him but they got chopped out uh, that those those are yeah those got cut real quick <laughs> um the only thing i want to talk about before i move on is i think this is all information from last week i don't fully remember if this is relevant this week but uh, a couple weeks ago i mentioned how in the anime there is a very particular woman in the crowd that they would constantly pan over to where she would like scream cover her eyes with her hands but then like peek through them to see what was going on i yes. finally got her name uh her oh. name is uh, Arimo Ganmi. Uh, I try looking to see if she's that's an actual like, named character. Yeah, they gave her a name. I I think she was given a name in an SBS because someone asked about her in, in to Oda. Um, that's her name in Japanese. I don't know if it translates to anything like directly, but the the official English name is Pikata Crotch. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I am not joking. I looked that up. It is real. What? I said the exact same thing. So when you say the English, her English name, it's, are you saying that's just what the translators gave her because they didn't try to translate her, her Japanese name or it's what the actual Japanese means? The first one. This isn't a translation thing in terms of like these words and letters and kanji make these sounds in English. No, no, no. Some person at like Viz Media or Jump or whoever does English translations officially said her name is Pikata Crotch. Oh <laughs> my God. What is... I don't... It's uh, so dumb. It is. It is. It's so third grade humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so out of left field too. It's like, why? Why, why is this what we chose? I... Somebody somebody came up with the peek at the part because she does the whole peek through her hands piece, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then they just went, what would be funny? What what could be something funny? And they went, I don't know, crotch. <laughs> Stupid. 
I I do not I I didn't remember it until you brought it up, but I do remember her appearing in this this set of episodes. I, think she I got don't a remember full the context face anymore. I might be wrong on that. That might have been last week, but she does get a full face Maybe. reveal at some point, and also makes numerous appearances throughout this Coliseum stuff. Um, she does change her appearance. I'll be on the lookout for her more. She gets like different hair color, different shirts. Uh, it's always changing for some fucking reason. But just know, there's the lady <sighs> peeking through her hands. That's her. Peek at the crotch. Got it. Peek at the crotch. <laughs> I can't believe. Who, who does the official translation for English? Who, who the fuck did this? I need to look this up. Hold on. Where, where, where are you, miss? I need to find you somewhere. Uh, Peek at the crotch. We're in the wiki somewhere. <laughs> in the other episode. Hold on. Mihatsugundo. Arimogami's official. Who, who does the translation? Who does this? Who did this? Viz who Media. Are you? Got it. Viz Media does a translation for the SBS. That is, <laughs> that is what. God damn it. This is all thanks to you, Viz Media. Here's looking at you. <laughs> um, Incredible. So yeah, that was, that was it. That's the important thing I had to mention from last week. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Moving on. Next week. Episode 648 to 650. You got any quotes, brother? I think I had one. Let me consult my notes. While you consult your notes, I also had one. Uh, It's the bit of dialogue between Zoro and the fairy he's currently uh, traveling with. It goes back and Uh, forth. Yes. I'm so surprised. You're unbelievably terrible with directions. Zoro says, shut up. It was just a slight slight mistake. Slight? That wasn't slight. You've gone in the opposite direction from where I told you 27 times. You ran downstairs. You just climbed up 31 times. It was not slight at all. That was. She had all the stats. <laughs> it, was, it was so fun. Fucking animal was also absolutely going to leave her in that bush, too. What a piece of shit. I mean, listen, she had the audacity to bitch and moan when he's clearly just trying to do something nice for her and she didn't appreciate it. And he's like, you know what? Fine. Fuck you. I got places to her, be anyway. Her, her people's lives hang in the balance. Well, she should have been a little bit more, you know, polite to, you know, the customer service employee taking care of her. So I was just an idiot. I mean, he is. And then and then he completely changes his tune too. he gets lost again, makes his way back there in about 15 seconds <laughs> and has basically completely forgiven her at that point. And then they continue on their merry way. Because he's always a good guy. All right. He was he was heated. Uh, well, moment. I don't know about that. Listen, you never made a so, rash decision before. Uh, uh, fuck you. How about that? Uh, <laughs> my quote is at the beginning of 645 when Luffy has finished decking the giant guy and he returns to Usi's body. Thank you for fighting with me. Let me carry you to the edge of the ring, Usi. <laughs> I don't know. It was just super serious and goofy in the moment because he like does that thing where he puts his head on him and gives him like a quick pat and then carries him across the, the arena. And everyone's still losing their shit. Everyone, all of the gladiators part way for him. <laughs> and we never really see him actually put down Uzi's body anywhere because I think at that at a certain point, Ideo comes up and challenges him to a fight. I think is what happens directly afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I just I just love the seriousness of it. And also their their bond, their tight bond between Lucy and Uzi. It's the monkey brain that was the going hard, bro. It just speaks to all animals. It's true. It's true. But uh yeah, no more quotes. Nope. We move on to the golden ham of the week. I ain't got shit. What you got? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm a little conflicted. I, I kind of, I, I like Luffy in these, in, in, in this fight because he has to hold back and he's like actually trying to maintain the Lucy persona. I kind of almost want to give it to Garp. <laughs> he doesn't appear. He doesn't appear in the episodes, but he gives us the comedic. 
the comedic genius that is Don Chinjao's dent. <laughs> or we give it to Don Chinjao's dent, maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do here. I I don't feel right giving it to just straight up the dent. However, that's fair. I am not totally opposed to giving it to Garth. I don't does this break our own rules? I don't know. I well, the original rules as they were that we've completely ignored up to this point. <laughs> Uh, or by this point was originally that it was a character that we felt had the had the most impact in the episodes. Oh, Garb definitely had the most impact. Clearly, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, Garb definitely had the most impact, both physically and mentally, on Don Chinjao. <laughs> and nowhere in those rules does it state they explicitly had to be present in the episodes. They just had the most impact. Garb can have impact without actually being there on your screen. I am 100% down to giving it to Garth. (laughs) 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 Any objections? No, I don't even want to No, this is great. I can't wait for one Jordy to look at this and be like, when did Garp show up in this episode? But also, when our dear listeners eventually get to their podcast episode and see the thumbnail, and they also ask themselves, when did Garp show up in these episodes? <laughs> <laughs> and then they and then they listen to an hour and fifteen minutes or so, give or take, of these two of these two idiots talking <laughs> about the episode. I'm like, I they still haven't talked about Garp. Where's Garp? When did Garp show up? <laughs> I know they mentioned Don Chinjao in his den, but like <laughs> where where's where's Garp? This this is great. This has got to be like the top, like a top five most nonsense golden ham we've ever given. Absolutely. Yet somehow it. it falls. Per- somehow we've managed to not break our rule in any capacity. If anything, we have followed it to a T. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, this is what this is simultaneously one of the most nonsense ones and one of the most by the rules golden hams we've ever given out. This is what golden ham is truly all about, kids. Ooh, okay. Moving on to fan mail, slowly but surely moving through our backlog. Thank you for anyone who's been sending us emails recently. Um, They are seen and we are getting to them slowly but surely. But this week's email is from Mike and Mike writes, Hey goons, if you have to cosplay as a One Piece character, who would you be? Please a straw hat and one more character. Uh, I'll go first because it's real simple for me. Uh, Zoro 100% and then for my non straw hat character, if I may be so bold, to drop the name of a character we have not met yet. Waiting for permission. Okay, go ahead. A character named King. That man King is beautiful. If I could ever strum up the confidence to cosplay as King, let alone Zoro, because they're both like, you know, traditional hot looking dudes, right? Like rock hard ass, big boobs, cool looking face, all then the whole nine yards. They're, they're, they're real pretty, right? But if I could ever amass the amount of confidence that I think is required to cosplay as King, you wouldn't recognize me anymore. I don't think I could. I don't think God would allow me. If I could have that much confidence, I'd be too powerful. And God knew that. And that's why he made me the way I am today. He knew he couldn't handle me in that capacity. Right. So what about you? He wanted to make you work for it. I'm not sure if he'll ever. I think there's a hard, like, not even glass ceiling, just a concrete ceiling there, man. It's like, it's like I know, like, there, there's writing on the wall saying, like, King cosplay on the other side, but I can't break through the concrete right i think if i were to choose a straw hat i'd probably i'd probably do my boy soul king brook nice soul king brook sounds like it would be fun to to do cosplay as and and as a tall individual myself maybe not seven plus feet tall like (laughs) brook is but i'm close enough i feel like tall enough that i wouldn't have to i could get away with not 
wearing like stilts or something mm. to to get to garner the effect. I, I think I could do a uh, Soul King Brook some justice. As for outside the Straw Hat crew, it's a little tougher. I think actually funny enough, we were at Anime NYC last week and I saw somebody else wearing it, which I thought was awesome. I think I would also do pretty well because he also fits not that convention people would know this but his character also fits my general vibe i think mm-hmm. aokiji mm-hmm. i could co- i feel like i could cosplay some admiral aokiji okay just put okay. on the face mask be a tall dude wa- walking around afro as well just reuse the brook afro i like it i see the vision it's pretty cool pretty good pretty good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that it for the email yes yes that is all from michael or mike excuse me thank you mike appreciate Thank you email, for your buddy. lovely email with that out of the way uh Patreon shoutouts to Twigo and Easy Life. We appreciate you dearly for supporting our channel and on our work. Hell yeah. We have recorded your movies for the past month. Uh, they just have not been edited and shipped out yet, unfortunately. But they are done. Incorrect. Incorrect? I At this point, the Dude Where's My Car episode has been out for a while. Mm-hmm. I do not... Uh, but the Shaun of the Dead. There we go. I I lost the movie. I had it, then I lost it. I found it again. Shaun Shaun of the Dead is on its way. So anyone anyone listening to this that is not subscribed or knows about our Pandaview podcast feed, that is where we put these movies. I don't know how much we've explicitly stated that for people. Honestly, probably not explicit enough because we because we've mentioned. I know we mention it every time. They make us watch movies because they pay us an exorbitant amount of money for it, mm-hmm. and we thank them dearly for it. They end up on a on a, our Panda View feed. So if you go to wherever you find podcasts and go to Panda View, you will see our reviews of all of these movies. And hopefully by the time this is out, because this should come out two weeks from recording this, if my math is right, hopefully Shaun of the Dead will be out by then. And they'll have also given us new recommendations. So can't wait to find out what those are. But thank you again, Twiggo and Easy Life. We love you so much. We could not do this without Very you. Very dearly. Quite literally. But with that out of the way, we're moving on to the Garb Gap. And I can Garb I just say Gab. how much I love this. I love this rebrand. <laughs> uh, I forgot who wrote us that email. It might have been Tanish. I might be misremembering. I believe it was. Tanish, I believe it was in case Tanish. you're concerned that we're making fun of you, we're not. This is amazing. This is all thanks to you, buddy. This is the greatest thing to happen to us possibly all year. So anyway, moving on to the Garb Gap. You, you got the... You, uh, or, well, I mean, I, I don't... I mean, if you don't, like surely I wouldn't, right? Like, uh, well, I mean, it, it's it has been a few weeks. It could have easily gotten lost. Uh, you know what? Uh, I can I can make I can I can pull some out real quick. I've got I've, a, I've been I've here got for a couple weeks. Here. I'm lost in the sauce. I've, I've got a bag here. I've got a bunch of uh, I've got a bunch of probably that will probably go unused business cards for different artist alley people that I found in anime NYC. Let me just just scribble on the grab bags on them real quick. Throw them in this little thing that I got. All right. <clears throat> Here you go. Pick out from one of the colorful little guys that I've got here. All right. All right. Do, 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 do. Hi-ya! Donut. They're kind of sharp. So make sure you don't cut yourself. I have so many paper cuts. Oh, uh, what did I tell They're you, man? Everywhere. That's quality. Those are quality, man. They don't skimp out. I can't move my fingers. Can you read the other side of this to see what we got? Uh, it's all right. Yeah, it's oh, OK, cool. This one is a casting call and we're going to do Zorro. If I wasn't in so much pain, I'd be way more excited about this. But yay. Do you want to make up for your lack of enthusiasm now by going first? Or should yeah, I go yeah, first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Where's this list? I've been sitting on this list for a long time. Uh-huh. Since when was the last time that was updated? 
since uh it's way longer than this probably uh trying to do months uh may june july 6th of 2023 jesus christ man i'm pretty sure it's been way longer than that but i've been selling this for a while also let me just uh make sure i put zora on the list of people we have done so i don't forget this in like six months from now all right casting call ideas for zoro so first one up uh, i got donnie yen he is a very prolific uh action movie star uh he's done a lot of like kung fu movies uh based in china his most recent role that i know of was um he was in john wick 4 he played the blind assassin guy uh donnie is just mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. cool his, his his uh repertoire and his his just dude's got a lot of good movies you can watch any of them they may not be like the greatest plot ever in humanity but the choreography is top notch it is impressive he's also the star in like all those Ip Man movies uh, so yeah, um, runner up, we got, uh, Scott Adkins, another, uh, action movie star. He is less well known in my opinion. You have seen his face in a lot of things cause he tends to do like stunt double work and just kind of like side character. I'm goon number three, but I'm really cool and badass looking kind of work. Um, in Ipmon, I want to say two or three, the plot, uh, happens where, uh, there's like a U.S. Uh, military base stationed in Japan. I think it's Japan. Um, might have been China. I can't remember. Anyway, um, it takes place with, you know, U.S. military involvement. And Scott Atkins' character is like a captain or some type of high-level military officer in that movie. And he plays the uh, the antagonist in that film. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> playing alongside Donnie Yen. Really cool. Um, the first time I ever saw Scott Atkins was I don't think many people would remember or even know about this. Uh, but for anyone familiar with the Common Rider series, you may remember, probably not fondly from what I hear, the this American adaptation for Common Rider Dragon Knight. It came on uh, on Saturday morning cartoon networks. Uh, for me, it was like Kids WB or whatever that got rebranded to. Um, I personally loved it. He played, I think it was like Shadow Knight. He was basically Batman, but in Kamen Rider form. He was really cool. Um, I, I thought that was some really good work. I thought Kamen Rider Dragon Knight was really cool. It was my first exposure to Kamen Rider. People might burn me at the stake for saying that, but yeah, it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, Scott Atkins, great actor, stuntman, all the other stuff. He, what was also something else he did? If anyone remembers that like one karate sitcom from like Disney XD, I think it's like, I think it was called Gotta Kick It Up. I might be misremembering the title, but it was literally just like a, a show about kids at a karate dojo in a mall. Uh, the main character, I think his name was Leo. That kid actually had like a black belt in karate and some other other martial arts. And Scott Atkins was his sensei. And I'm pretty sure Scott Atkins makes an appearance in the show, you know, a handful of times. So yeah, Scott Atkins' face is everywhere. Um, who else do I have in here? I wrote down some some Japanese people, I guess. Uh, and I don't remember who these people are. Excuse me for a hot second. <laughs> Hiroyuki Sonata. Who are you, my friend? Oh, okay. Uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. Uh... He was also in John Wick 4. He played... Wow. I wish I remember anyone's name in those movies. Um, He played the other Japanese guy, which is really bad to say. Uh, He owned like a hotel in Japan, I think. Yeah, that that was his role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also has a new series coming out on, uh, I think on like an Apple TV or something called Shogun. Um, He plays a presumably important character in there. Uh, But yeah, Hiroyuki Sonata is another one. Uh, Steven Yoon came to mind. Uh, I don't know if Steven Yoon's done any action roles. I just know him as uh, some main character from The Walking Dead and the voice of Mark Glenn. Invincible. Poor Glenn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my last name here, who I also have to Google, uh, Sung Kong. Kang? I'm going to go with Kang. Sung Kang. 
Oh, uh, Sung Kang is the 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 uh, the Asian driver from the Tokyo uh, Tokyo Drift movie and the the Fast and Furious franchise. That guy. What was his name in those movies? Uh-huh. Han. Don't he know. plays Han in uh, those Fast and Furious movies. So yeah, that's that's. Uh, oh wait, also can't for, can't believe I almost forgot. Danny Danny DeVito. Wait, no. Whoa, hold on. Oh, wrong right. actor. Wrong actor. Robert De Niro. Thank you, Robert De Niro. Greatest actor of okay. all time. Yeah, there Play you go. Play anybody anywhere, anytime. <sighs> new, I mean, new father, by the way. Yeah, like 80s or he's like 80, right? Maybe older. <laughs> Blows my fucking yeah, mind. Yeah, I think he's in his 80s. All right, hot take. Fucking wild. No one should be having kids at 80 years old. My sperm should not be allowed oh, to work absolutely. at that point. It should be, I should be shooting blanks from like 65 onwards, honestly. Yeah, it's just not fair, right? That men get to do it at all at all points, basically. Mm-hmm. Women have like a hard stopping point at some mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some capacity in their lives. Unfair. Men should not be allowed to be a menace to society for this long. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's just my like list. T- tie me off at like 66 or something. Like when I retire, just like to make it like a bundle. Like your kid's going to graduate high school and they're going to be like, hey, dad, look, I got my diploma. And you're going to be like, and you're going to be dead. Yeah. They're going to be bringing their diploma, your, their diploma to your grave and be like, hey, dad, look, I graduated. In Insane, man. Is that too dark? Maybe a little <laughs> bit, but you know, we're here. That might be a little too dark. Dylan cut that. Uh, so <laughs> are you done? Yes, you done yes, yes. Now I'm done. with your okay. So for my list, I despite not knowing too many Asian actors or indulging in a lot of sort of Asian action movies, it's become a thing uh more recent maybe not recently, but in the last couple of years, I've seen more Asian action flicks and or television shows. To be slightly more uh, associated or know of different Asian actors. But that being said, I'm still extremely limited, but I tried to keep it to Asian actors for the sake of it. So just because I think, you know, you know, he wields katanas. It's it's a Japanese show. I know other other people we've shown no such restriction, but Zoro is a very Asian influenced guy. So I tried to keep it. I tried to keep it in the culture. Anyway, mm-hmm. I my first pick that I thought of because I just really enjoyed his performance in the movie. This guy named Shun Oguri, who is the main character for Crow Zero. Oh. He is he is Genji from Crow Zero. Wow. I thought Deep cut. he might make a really good. He'd be a bit more if he followed his performance in Crow Zero. He'd probably make a little bit more of a high energy one because Genji in Crow Zero is a lot more intense in the way he fights. Uh, he's more active energy driven whereas Zoro is kind of more zen I guess Zoro does a lot of meditation and stuff to kind of center himself I have no idea what other movies he's been in and maybe he has pulled that off in other movies but I think it would I think he would make a fine Zoro in a live action setting as well the the other one that isn't just like a mainstream at least in the american stream of conscious actor is this gentleman by the name of kim namhee who i know from the pardon me who i know from the live action adaptation of a Korean comic known as Sweet Home that was on Netflix. And in that show, he plays this sword wielding good guy. And even though I the show itself isn't great, I remember his performance being pretty good and his show out with wielding a blade, even though he's doing it generally against CGI monsters. 
mm-hmm. was pretty cool. So he would have to in that in that show. He's a lot more of a good guy, though. So, again, it would be the case of the person would have to kind of switch up their acting style and and double again. I haven't seen this guy in anything else other than the one instance so maybe he can pull off the stoic swordsman thing well, but he would he would be a slightly different demeanor than he was in Sweet Home. But I would be excited to see how he would do with that anyway. You said it already, but I'm going to I'm going to obligatory Donnie Yen because Donnie Yen's just that guy. He's the goat, bro. So he is him. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind in the slightest because I also enjoyed him in John Wick 4. But I'm kind of biased because I love those movies no matter what, even no matter how ridiculous the plot is getting now <laughs> and even though they shouldn't make another one they probably will and i'll watch it anyway my last pick much more well-known name especially around america because of his portrayal of shang chi in the marvel cinematic universe simu liu Ooh, i yeah. believe is how you say his name yeah, yeah, i think yeah, yeah. He, he's already played a martial arts character again so it wouldn't be too far of a cry to put a sword of his hand a sword in his hand and tell him to sort of figure it out now simu Liu has been a lot more goofy characters mm-hmm. so i think playing a Zoro would be a good opportunity out of any of the three people that I've said for him to kind of get into more serious roles and kind of break that sort of goofy nature. And maybe, maybe he doesn't necessarily want to, maybe he, maybe he's comfortable being in that goofy kind of comedy relief ish character. But I, I think if he put his mind to it, he'd make a, and he's built too. you know, he's, he's probably, he might be the most shredded out of all three of them. Mm-hmm. So that would already lend itself quite well to Zorro anyway, but I, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing him in a, in a more serious role and Zorro could kind of fit that and still keep the martial arts part, mm-hmm. even though he was just Ken in Barbie <laughs> that has nothing to do with martial arts, but listen, we need a, a little bit of that goofy energy. All right. We can't be having a stoic stone face Zorro. Like our One Piece yeah. live action, all right. We need a little goofy. We need more goofy. Yeah, he could he could bring he could bring the goofy part of a One Piece of of a true maybe I shouldn't say true because the other guy does an okay job too. But the he would bring the goofier parts mm-hmm. better than maybe the other two guys that I said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are my picks. Nice, love them. Flip it and ship it. Um, and with that being out of the way, thank you for listening to our episode today. Uh, if you wish to reach out to us on social media, you can do so at Panda Sightings on Instagram and Twitter. If you wish to send us emails like Mike and other fans in the past, you can do so at pandasightings at gmail.com. We have a Discord server filled with lovely people, and you could be one of those lovely people with them. Uh, link in the description uh, to it in our bio and all of our stuff on socials and blah, blah, blah. You can just reach out to us and ask it if you can't find it. Um, what else we got? We got a Patreon. Shout out to Tweego and Easy Life again for single-handedly funding this operation, honestly. Uh, we have one mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. slot open if you wish to be absolute maniacs Actually, like I think them. we have three. I think we bumped it up to five at some point. Oh my God, I didn't know that. That was so hard to talk at three. So if you, <laughs> point is, if you want to be a producer and give us an absorbent <laughs> amount of money and make us watch even more movies every month, you can do so by subscribing to our Patreon at Panda Sightings as well. Or, you know, just be a regular member. Or uh, I recently discovered Patreon has a new, like, free membership option. And we have the option as creators to publish free content available to anybody. Um, I know the stuff I've been pushing out recently, I tend to make free off the bat because, I don't know, I just, I'm dumb. 
All right. Money making platform. Ah, just give it to them. They're not going to pay for this. They'll pay for this. This is garbage. Just I think Patreon it. has almost always had the free option. We just didn't have it set, I think. This is all news to me. But yeah, we have that. Uh, I've been noticing Jordy occasionally takes certain content pieces and makes them free after a certain amount of time. But regardless, if you wish to financially support us directly, Patreon is the way to do it. If you wish to financially support us less directly and get something out of it, we have a merch shop over on redbubble.com slash panda sightings. You can get stickers or take our designs and put them on other apparel and whatnot that Redbubble offers. It's a pretty cool service. Um, Check it out. Link also in the description somewhere. And am I missing anything else? No. I don't got think so. Social plugs done. Chat. Show over. Doom. Title card. Doom.